0: begin transmission hello everybody it is chris aka star raptor joined as always by Milton and by ben for Outer rim transmission number 46 on this week's episode we're going to get into our final thoughts on the entire season as a whole for the book of both Fett. plus we're going to get into a lot of high republic content some more gaming content some more kenobi news and much much more so i hope you're ready because it's going to be a very news heavy episode so how's everybody doing this week
1: i'm good man uh it's good to be back on the podcast like always i know we had a lot of news this week so we'll probably be focusing on that in today's uh or actually tonight's podcast
0: heck yeah it's it's you know it's it's the week after a brand new series has ended and lucasfilm wastes no time to just get some more stuff out there for us to chew on in the meantime because it's going to be a little bit of a wait till May uh may 25th but Hope Bad Batch might be in there eventually, maybe. But um other than that, I think it's some some good stuff to keep us going forward. What about you, Ben? What do you think about this? Yeah, uh, funny thing, we bring in Bad Batch actually. So, uh, real quick, your mic you is a little bit off. Okay. Sounds a little robotic. As you finish that, I will. uh I'll just jump into my my Star Wars week, Um, and, and I was with my girlfriend, and I heard the news that we're getting a new Old Republic cinematic, and well... I said this is a great time as any. I'm at a place that actually has a 4K TV because I don't personally own one, but she has one. So we went and we watched all the cinematics for the older public. And let me tell you, those things really hold up well, especially in 4K. It was like incredible watching them on the big screen and just reliving like the good old memories. Cause I've seen those things probably more, more than any other trailers, period in general. Right. Like I've watched those so many times. I know, I know Melon. you're really really high up on those things so so we went there it's just fantastic it's so good storytelling
1: yeah I, i watch him at least you know every other week i mean because usually if i do cardio or something it's some type of star wars or dragon Ball Z type and those cinematics are just as good as any movie i've seen over the last 20 years like it's great storytelling like you said even the new one that was presented over the past week so and we'll get into it but um, yeah, like I love those cinematics. I watch them all day, every day, and I just wish we can get more of that in a feature or even like you know a streaming show.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they gotta have something up their sleeve, especially if they're gonna continue to make these cinematics because I think the last one that we had was probably back for I'd say the Eternal Throne with Phelan and uh, with with her um her mother and everything escaping that that place and and all that. That was back way back when. But um, hey Ben, is your mic ready yet?
2: Yeah, I should be here. There we go, you're good, you're good. Okay, cool. So, to jump in uh, real quick on my thought I was going to say earlier. So, me and my buddy were talking this week, and we're kind of thinking they might do a surprise May the 4th Bad Batch drop. Like, start the season there, actually. You know, if you're thinking about it, because, you know, we have Kenobi, the end of May. And, like, there's presumably nothing coming out on May the 4th that we know of. And we're like, hey, if Bad Batch is 16 episodes long... Maybe they'll start it May the 4th and then it'll run, you know, overlapping with Kenobi and, you know, eventually bump into her end and then run into Andor this fall.
0: There's a lot of creative ways they can get around Bad Batch. I know I heard people saying hey, what if they do like eight episodes before Kenobi and then come back like halfway through in the summer because that's what Stranger Things announced season four this week and they're doing like four episodes in, on, in May and then coming back in July. So, I mean that's very much a pers- uh, you know, a possibility. They've done that in the past with other animated series like Rebels would have like that mid-season finale and, and take a break and stuff like that I'm pretty sure. So, it's not out of the realm of possibilities for streaming. You Yes, it would be weird. But again, do they really want to step on their toes for any of uh, their live action stuff? Is it possible they'll have stuff you know, airing the same time? That is the interesting thing. When we have this much content coming out in a single calendar year for Star Wars, they might have to get creative with this.
2: Well, here's the thing. They, for For sure, Star Wars isn't having anything May the 4th that we know of right now but when it comes to marvel you know we're not going to have any marvel shows either because that week is multiverse of madness
0: oh yeah that's correct that's very interesting there i mean wow that's that's going to be one busy week if that's the case
2: yep that that's what got me thinking about all of that really
0: yeah so i mean there's 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 a lot of wiggle room and the reason why I'm so adamant about this is because it literally in a printed issue of Star Wars Insider magazine, it says spring 2022. So spring starts pretty soon, and there's only so many months before we get into summer. So there's not a lot of wiggle room there. Not a lot of wiggle room. But but I'll throw it over to Milton, man. Uh, how, how's it been going? Is you in Star Wars? What, what's up with that? Anything this week?
1: Um, honestly, not this week. Uh, just a. I mean I guess the normal you know, when I do see Star Wars stuff I I watch it or I check it out but there's really been nothing this week that stands out that's t- catched my eye probably for except for the old Republic cinematic trailer I've watched that a handful of times again I'm actually really excited to talk about that just because I have a lot of good things to say in the sense of how it looked now I know you Chris I know you said you might have some negative things about that I guess about the extension Oh,
0: the expansion
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the expansion Again, because I I haven't played it and I don't really play those games. I just like the cinematics. Oh, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. wait for the reboot that they're going to put on the actual like main consoles. I will play that.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. There's there's a lot lot going on in the video game space. I'm I'm really happy about. I mean, the remake is going to be on Knights of the Old Republic. So that that story takes place about 300 years. Remember, that's uh, Bastille Shan. That's Revan. That's Kha'ath and Cathinathsi. Candorous Order, all those guys. It's about three hundred years before Darth Malgus and the cinematic trailers that we all know and love. But we right. got to throw it back to you, Ben. Man, anything going on this week with Star Wars? Um, besides
2: other than besides that cinematic, I'm,
0: besides dodging, sorry. apparently dodging the Kenobi spoilers.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, if you're yeah, red flag for anybody who doesn't want to get spoiled about Kenobi, just avoid looking up the topic in depth on social media because. If you do, you're you're uh, headed down a dark path to uh, the truth, basically. So, um, yeah, definitely avoid that. But, uh, but, yeah, my week overall has been really good. Uh, nothing too exciting for Star Wars in my life, other than, you know, that cinematic, we'll get into that. And just, you know, just talking uh, to people about Star Wars is always such a fun thing, whether it be, like, through social media. And, like, to, um, it was funny, Wednesday... Um, A couple days ago, my grandma, you know, I always joke around about her, but she actually called me Wednesday afternoon. She was like, hey, there isn't any more of that Book of Boba Fett show. And I was like, no, unfortunately, that was the finale. She's like, well, when when's Mandalorian going on? I'm like, well, you got some time there. I said, but at least there's the Kenobi show. So it's like, you know, it's cool having like like seeing even an older relative like get excited about that. You know, she's going to be 75 in June and she's like excited about Star Wars. So that's always a really cool thing.
0: Yeah, that's the same thing I've been going through, right? Is coworkers, even my mom's, like, ah, no book of Boba Fett this week, right? I'm like, nope, it's it's all done. So so people people are wanting more, and uh, an interesting thing about wanting more, and this is yeah, I guess I can kind of jump around with our stories this week, and uh, since we're already kind of talking about it, um, there's been good ratings for the book of Boba Fett finale. Um, this is reported by Deadline specifically. Very credited site, as we all know. Uh, they are saying that it actually got about a million point one people in U.S. households. This is per uh, Samba TV metrics. Uh, the season one finale. Uh, yeah, so that that's that's possible. There about thirty. It says thirty six percent higher than the five day finale draw of The Mandalorian.
2: So. Yeah, that's. I, I just think that was shocking. <clears throat> When I sent that to you guys in the group chat, I was completely surprised because, you know, a lot of us hardcore Star Wars sweaties, you know, we weren't like super, super thrilled with how Book of Boba played out. And then, you know, the actual numbers say, hey, the finale was viewed more than the other finales for Mando. So it makes you wonder. So it makes you wonder, you know, I, I raised the point in our chat, like, you know, us... So, so we're in the niche. I mean, we're sitting here talking Star Wars on a podcast on a Friday night. We're definitely in the niche. So the, the thing that I wonder is, is the greater audience, like the greater overall audience, did they view this season as a really good season of, you know, they're finally getting Boba Fett unveiled to them and stuff. You know, they got some Mando. they got some Grogu. So it makes you wonder, for like the greater overall audience, was this season a really good success? And I would potentially say yes, just because of that specific reason right there—the finale.
0: Yeah, and I will go to my barometer as always as my coworkers who are just casual fans and you know the mainstream more or less, and they're always like, "Hey, I keep asking, hey, what'd you think of this? What'd you think of that? Oh, I really enjoyed the episode, and like they don't ever like say like, oh, it's negative because this, this, and that. And I look at them as the everyday kind of man. And I think that's the numbers that we can pull from this report is like, these are the everyday man, you know, whatever, the Jack and Jill of of the United States or whatever. Yeah, they're going to watch it every week. And then the fact that there's more of them than the Mandalorian just absolutely shocks me. But I think that that also goes into the word of mouth and the kind of snowball effect of those last three episodes, which brought in the Mandalorian and Kind of brought, I think, a lot more of a viewing audience when people were like, Hey, you know, that Mandalorian guy's back in the Book of Boba Fett, and that I'm sure that got those last three episodes a lot higher up than maybe the third and fourth episode of the series, which started to kind of slow down a little bit. What about you, Milton? What'd you think about this?
1: Well, yeah, it's it's like I said last week. I mean, you know, you got to sprinkle the Mando dust on, on the show. I mean, you know, Boba Fett's a great character in a sense of. His his legacy and his impact on Star Wars. So he he's already got an audience. However, as we talked about it last week, the show – well, the character himself was taking kind of a hit. I think Ben's always pointed it out. They've, they've, they really, like, depowered him throughout this season. From Mando from season two. Yeah, for sure. And so what they had to do – and I don't know if they anticipated this, but again – You sprinkle the Mando dust, where we're like, okay, we love that character. Episode was a four? No, four when he showed up, right? Or Mm a five. He showed up in episode five, and we all lose our shit because Mando's the lead in that episode and how it ties into Boba Fett. Then we go to episode six. Grogu shows up. We're like, oh, my God, we lose our shit because Grogu's back. You know, you... You build, you bring those lead characters from this particular universe into this particular show to boost it, and that's why people were probably saying, "Okay, how is Mando and Grogu going to affect Boba Fett's, you know, turn or or, or character arc with him trying to take over as as a Don of the underworld?" So people were really trying to see what was Grogu and, and let's be real here, Grogu and Mando was all about in his upcoming finale. So I, I'm not surprised the numbers were the way they were. I'm actually, my brother even said he was like the finale was one of my favorite episodes and you know, I disagree with him and how I felt about yep. it. But again, like I'm thinking I'm probably more of a nerd than my brother when it comes to star Wars. And you're right. They need to market to these randos, not to the sweaties. You're going to always watch it. So it, it's the honest to God of truth. So I'm not surprised. We got the numbers that they got and I'm glad they did because hopefully pushing forward, we get a season two and I hope that Filoni And John will say, okay, let's look at what mistakes we made and improve upon those in season two.
2: Yeah, I think that's. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I I had a um, quick point. So, like, here's the thing about that as well. So, um, I think, honestly, it's great. You know, obviously, it's great. It's being, like, widely positively received. But it's great um, in terms of, you know, we got to think about it from, like, an MCU standpoint. The lead-up to Avengers, the first Avengers movie, we had all these separate movies taking place. And presumably right now we're leading up to the Avengers Thrawn event of the Mandoverse. So I think a lot of these shows, obviously they're leading to that point. But, you know, sure, Book of Boba, for us hardcore fans, may have not been, like, the best thing ever. But for the general audience members, all you need is their approval because then when you get to that Avengers event and game style thing, then that's when you really rake in the viewership, really rake in the um, people subscribing, really rake in everything because you'll have the hype because all of the hardcore nerds are not what made up, you know, the Avengers breaking all the box office records. It was all the general audience members that got hooked on the Avengers universe getting built up over all those years and all those, um, let's just say seasons, you know, meaning, you know, new movies, but seasons, all those new seasons of movies. So basically that's what we're getting in the Mandoverse. We're getting all these new seasons to build up to the Avengers of Star Wars. And I think that's going to be a huge payoff in the long run because that's going to rake in so much more of the general audience because they'll be like, oh, wow, we have this big event film of Mando and Boba and Luke and Ahsoka and Grogu and this and that and the other thing, like, I think that's the overall purpose and direction they're heading, and you know this show it'll just be another point where they'll people will be able to look back on from that film and go, oh, that's where that plays in.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's the thing. They're playing the long game. And we just got to look at, hey, what's the continuation of this, right? Like they have the master plan already, right? Whatever they's whatever they have planned, Disney's automatically going to say, okay, go ahead. Like they are the ones that were bringing so much success to Disney Plus. Wasn't for Mandalorian and Grogu, I would be very surprised to see what the numbers would be because it's it's all about them that really made it big. There was no Marvel project on there originally. That was what you had, and it was great. So, um. Maybe further down the line, they're like, oh, I guess we can maybe add a second season of Book of Boba Fett if it gets better. But I think ultimately they already have ideas for what's going on. And we know the, the main story is probably going to be Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. His story continues in that. But hey, maybe this helps them say down the road they, they add another season to be more direct toward him with all the success. So interesting. Yeah, and we are going to talk. More about the book of Boba Fett because that is our main topic for today. We're going to be breaking down. Of course, spoilers are ensue because we have plenty of things to talk about as these first seven episodes of the series, and maybe the only. We'll see. Uh, we got everything from Slave One returning to the death of a Sarlacc pit to Boba Fett riding on a Rancor to the Pikes fighting against all these people of Mazespa to a Naboo Starfighter being retrofitted for Mandalorian. So much happened in this season. Let's just start off with the highlights. Let's start off with the good things that Mm -hmm. really jumped out to us as some of the best things we've maybe seen in Star Wars. I'm going to throw it over to Milton.
1: Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that stand out to me is the music of this show. I, I think thus far the music when it comes to these series have been very much on point. Well, I mis- who who was the composer? Do we know? Was it the same one from uh, *Mandalorian*? So I think
0: there was another. I wish I had the credit for this guy right now. Okay. But there was another person that did a lot of it. But he used the themes from Ludwig Gordonson, and I, right. I do believe Ludwig yeah. Gordonson probably did a couple of the later themes with like the Force right. stuff. I think, but uh, I think yeah. a large majority was um, this other guy, the assistant or okay. whoever you call. him.
1: Right, right. Right. Yeah. And I like I, said, I love the music. I think most of the Star Wars music in general, I've always been, you know, into. Um, so I love the music. I was a very good, you know, it's a standout because that music itself tells a story within, you know, the universe. Um, obviously, the visuals, you know, when it comes to Star Wars, I, a lot of practical effects, you know, they went that far. But also the technology of the CGI has greatly improved. And this is a series, not a movie. So you know their budget's not at you know the movie level in the sense, but the technology has caught up so much. You can do a series and make it look very much cinematic. Um, I think the 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 overall the overall scope of what we were seeing throughout the the world building of the Mandoverse was was pretty cool. Just seeing like the elements of like the under the underworld of the criminal criminal element, which was cool because again we've talked about this. We we read about it hell there could have been a video game almost 1313 when it comes to the criminal element we've gotten a lot more of that now and i really appreciate them showing that um there's a lot more good i can speak on but i'm gonna let you guys jump in and take over
0: yeah i will say uh kind of jumping off your point about the coolness of the underworld i like how we got so much world building for tatooine like, getting those flashbacks with Boba Fett and the Tusken Raiders, getting, again, a different lens of the Tusken Raiders. They're not, oh, they are cracked out, to be sure. In the first episode, they look like complete savages, what they're doing with Boba Fett. You feel sorry for the guy being dragged behind a Bantha through the heat of Tatooine suns. But we get to see that culture from him on the inside, seeing how they are very much a warrior kind of people. You know they they recruit by strength and and respect that and courage and and all that, but then you have how sacred water is, and we haven't seen anything quite like that. We got a couple things in the journal of, of Ben Kenobi and in, in some of the initial Star Wars comics with those flashback comics, and you know Jabba has attacks on the water, and we're seeing Obi Wan kind of intervene with some of the townsfolk to help that out. But we're getting that on a whole different level. We're learning about. Tatooine actually having like this entire world of water at one point, which was pretty mind-blowing to me. Seeing the, the the amount of these like watermelon thingies like hidden in the sand, um black melon, I think he's he calls them. So seeing how life and death revolves around Tatooine in ways we haven't even seen before was something that stood out to me.
2: Oh, yeah, those. Those are both, um, you know, really good standout points. Like you both said, the music, the uh, the water, like different mind blowing things like that. Um, for me, you know, I uh, like I said, I have to love both of those things. But for me, I really think the uh, the big thing that hit at home for me was I felt like they did a lot of things that we've been looking for, quote unquote, right. Like, for example, start the series with with Boba coming up out of the star, like out of the sand, like. That's something we've all been dreaming of ever since we saw Return of the Jedi, basically. So, you know, we got that. We got Boba riding a Rancor. We got the Slave One in action with Boba piloting it. Like, you know, we we got Cad Bane in live action. We got Luke looking amazing like he did in 1983. You know, we've got so many things that I feel like check the boxes for, like, hardcore fans. Check the boxes for the general audience. You get well, general audience and hardcore fans, the cuteness of Grogu, like you 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 hit a lot of the check boxes I feel like we're um I feel like we're needing in Star Wars. So like I think we're transitioning with Star Wars to a point where um like I'm not the biggest Marvel guy, don't get me wrong, but like when it comes to Marvel, I feel like you have check boxes of certain tropes that are in Marvel that is kind of like the signature Marvel feel to it. And this show, I felt like, hit a lot of notes where, you know, we got the Star Wars feel to the show, if that makes sense. Like, they were checking a lot of the boxes that need to be checked. And I I think that's something that was missed in um, some of the past movies we've gotten lately. So I feel like, uh, yeah, they they hit a lot of the check boxes we need as an audience.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are certain archetypes, certain things we expect um, large CGI action sequences, uh, stories of singular characters that start at point A and end up at point B, just good overall themes, you know, good and evil. Stuff like that. It's just pure Star Wars, obviously, but seeing it in, in a slightly different light and portrayed in, in a series that, you know, while it is pertaining to Star Wars, there are certain elements where it doesn't feel like, anything we've quite seen before as far as the storytelling and the speed in which the storytelling is told. Um,
2: So there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I can't agree with you more. Like, I think think that's one of the biggest, most important things is storytelling, and that's something we've been dealing with ever since, you know, A New Hope, and, you know, you point out, like, the themes of, like, good and evil, and, like, you know, that's one of the best parts, too, I feel like, of this series, um, is, sure, there were underlying messages like boba like learning lessons and things like that but i feel like they did keep things simple to a to a degree you know like we saw in a new hope it was pretty pretty basic like hey luke go wants to go on an adventure and he joins the good guys versus the bad guys like there was no right. complicated over over complicated over um, uh subverting expectations type deal like there's there's no nothing like that like it literally was simple like that. And I feel like the book of Boba kept a pretty simple message of like, Hey, Boba's characters transitioning from bounty hunter to uh, whatever he became at the end of the series, whether I agree or disagree <laughs> with it. Um, yeah. Like they, they kept that consistent message of him transitioning from basically a bad guy to a good guy. And you know, those points were made pretty clear and it was made clear, you know, the pikes were evil. Boba had good intentions. Like it, they kept the message pretty simple which is a good thing because you know they don't need to overcomplicate it it's it's not that complicated like you you know all three of us have talked about it before star wars fans are easy to please and like you don't have to make this over convoluted complicated movie or or show just just give us a good solid
1: story and we'll be good
0: mhm mhm
1: that's the truth like you're you're not wrong it's that's why i think a lot of people well well that that's why new hope is such a good film because it's a it's a movie that does, that didn't honestly at the time even looking at it now it holds up without needing the prequels of the original trilogy or the prequels of the sequel trilogy. It's a good beginning, middle, and end film. Ob- and if they didn't make sequels to that film, that's a good movie to, for how it was made from in 1977. So oh, you could have it as a standalone movie. That's what I'm, yeah, absolutely. So it, it was great mm-hmm. storytelling how George, you know, created it, and obviously the other films makes it even stronger. Um, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. When pleasing us as fans, you give us the simple meat and potatoes of Star Wars and you sprinkle in, you know, the the, the cake and candy once in a while, we'll be fine. <laughs> oh,
0: 100%. Yeah, so, I I mean, we'd be remiss if we talked about a discussion of the Book of Boba Fett and didn't talk about the character of Boba Fett. Because, I mean, when, <laughs> you, when you look at this show, right, Book of Boba Fett, we expect to spend a good good amount of time with Boba Fett, we expect to go into the story and at least know a little bit more about Boba Fett. And I think we definitely learned a little bit more than just a small amount of Boba Fett. We, we learned a lot. And what I expected about this is the fact that we get these flashbacks to Boba Fett. Not just, you know, five-minute scenes in every episode. There were episodes where it was the majority of the storytelling was done several, I guess, weeks or months in the past, um, judging by what I can kind of see. But... And seeing Boba Fett out of the armor so much, right? The whole purpose or the whole idea behind the hype behind Boba Fett is his armor. That's why people got obsessed with this character. He said five lines in the original trilogy. It wasn't his dialogue. It was his persona. It was the way he carried himself. It was the way he appeared in that armor, had that cool voice, and didn't say a whole lot, but just looked like a badass. So the fact that the writers and the directors and everybody involved creatively said... Hey, let's let's take a look at at you know decompressing the character of Boba Fett and even adding more and taking away what everybody knows about him, um, for, knows of him as, as this ruthless bounty hunter in this Mandalorian Beskar armor. Um, so that was pretty electric, find for me to be like, yeah, we're actually gonna figure out who Boba Fett is, and I think they they did a pretty good job at that,
1: right. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I remember, I guess, whenever uh, when Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, how they talked about the idea of doing a Boba Fett film. And all the YouTube heads out there were like, oh, if they're going to do a Boba Fett movie or don't take off his helmet. You know, I don't want to see his face. I don't want to see Boba sitting there moping and drinking and getting hammered, you know, all that character development stuff. And looking back on it, that's such a simple, stupid take because I am not trying to watch a show. For six weeks of a guy in a helmet, you know, show no character development at all. It, it would have been a very stale show. You know, with Darth Vader, we saw him for three movies with a helmet on, but you got to feel character development. And this is prior to the prequels. So you cared about Vader because George Lucas wrote him in a way where you wanted to feel for him. You wanted to understand his psyche. Boba Fett, I'm glad we got to get his helmet off. I wanted to see what he was all about. Again, being stuck in a Sarlacc pit and not knowing if he survived or not, you know, it's good to see how he changed as a character. Now, obviously, as the three of us can probably agree, we didn't like how they took away some of the ruthlessness of him. But overall, though, we understand that from the prequels to the Clone Wars, the original trilogy, and to now, that character has changed, and we need to see how those changes Evolved him into now saying like, you know, I don't want to do what I normally did. I want to change and have a better life. And he says it. He talks about mm-hmm. that with Finnick at one point. He mentions and uh, they were in the uh, the sand or the uh, the dune. He's like, listen, yeah. I- I'm I'm tired of being hard hand. These people are idiots that we work for. We're smarter than them. Why don't we take over? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's mo- that's what normal people would do in real life. You know, like if I'm working for a boss that's trash and, and put me in bad situations. Why not become the boss eventually? Why don't I work hard yeah. and try to over you know what I'm saying like come on. So all well, I think I think that was smart. Oh yeah, definitely. Like
2: I, I completely agree with both of you guys. It was great seeing Boba um get basically uh you know more and more explained, but also just uh you know, like, like we said, we, we could have had a little more action with him. Of course, we, we've talked about Absolutely. those gripes for basically the past six weeks. Um, but, but, uh, but my thing with Boba is, I got thinking about it um, last weekend after we got done with our uh, finale episode. So, you know, I, I really got thinking about this whole character development thing with him. And uh, you know, we always have to always have to reference uh, the CW Arrowverse on this podcast. This is basically yeah. sponsored by CW at this point. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, so for anybody that's seen Arrow, Oliver Queen, you know, he, when he first comes back and he's playing, he's, he's the green arrow, he's like killing people, taking people out, et cetera. But, you know, his character develops, you know, to where he doesn't kill people anymore, basically. And then by the end of the series, like you have so many fight sequences, like, you know, there's a scene where he busts out of a prison and he's like taking on like 20, 30 people, but he's not killing him. He's just, like, disarming him and stuff and still being badass. And, like, that's the thing I think, um, you know, basically the direction they need to go with Bobo. Like, if you're going to power him down, because that's basically what they did for Mando Season 2, but if you're going to power him down some, at least still make him have some badass moments. Like, the finale did do a good job, in my opinion, of, you know, having him have some highlight moments, kind of like how Oliver did, even after he changed from killing people. Like, he still you know, still kick some ass. And that was, you know, one of the best parts about Boba, I think. Like, at least, even though he was a nice guy for the most part for the whole series, at least we still got to see him jump into action in the finale.
1: Right. Well, and and here's the thing, though, too. Like, the comparison with Oliver and Boba, they're both walking weapons. They're both lethal weapons. You know, um, yeah, they may be nicer guys and they may be evolving into, you know, human beings, quote unquote. Like, but you still don't want to mess with them. Like you know like though they they're gonna wreck shop. And like I said, I just think some of that was inconsistent at times. But we did get to see flashes of it throughout this show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so do you guys have anything else you want to talk about that you especially enjoyed um from the book of Boa Fett?
1: I mean, obviously seeing Luke, seeing Luke, yeah, <laughs> seeing Grogu, yeah. seeing uh Bo- seeing Mando, seeing Ahsoka. Like, I mean, I, I didn't expect that you know, cause I, I think I watched that episode that night and you guys talked about it, but I kind of avoided it. Cause I knew you guys said someone was going to be there that I was going to like. Um, but yeah, I love seeing, dude, that that's CGI. I mean, I know this is a Boba Fett episode, but give me a Luke series. Okay. <laughs> like that CGI is so good. Like com- just from one year ago. And here's so the thing. It's
0: like, damn. Here's the thing, right? We're going to get, like, probably Luke, like, maybe once a year is my my guess, right? Like, he's going to show up in something at least once a year. But every time we see him, we're going to have this reaction, I feel like. Every time we're going to see him, we're going to be like, every how did time. they make him look better? How did they make him look even better than last year? And it's eventually going to be so, like, impossible to make it better that he's just going to get his own series because they're going to be like, okay, right. we're happy with where it is. Let's do it. Let's
1: get it. Yeah, and, and, and I cannot wait because, you know, just like – like I said, I've been saying it since day one. The most series I'm anticipated for, hype for, is, is Obi-Wan. And I assume that if they write Obi-Wan that I think they're going to write it, I think Luke will get the same treatment because he's Luke. There's no way you screw up that series. There's no way you make him look bad in that show. So, again, I, I was pleased with that. I was surprised. I loved that little Easter egg. And I'm glad they only used him for one episode. You know, that, that mm-hmm. was perfect. I think, Chris, you might have mentioned, or even Ben, how when they do bring in... uh uh, characters that are you know special and legacy characters it's like hey they they know how to sprinkle them in they they did that with ahsoka this year even last year they did it with luke the last two years so i love it
0: yeah the connections to the wider mandoverse right this is our first steps into a larger world as far as the mandoverse is concerned right we didn't know going into this like how much it would cross over to the degree it would cross over who would cross over so, so now looking ahead, like this is a good model, I would say, of what we could expect from a series such as Ahsoka or if we ever get a um, Rangers of the New Republic off the ground. Now we can kind of be like, okay, well, we can have anything's game now. If Luke, if Luke Skywalker shows up, if Ahsoka shows up, anything is possible for any character from any series at this point. Nobody's beholden to a single series, which is nice because now we can really have fluidity and this feels like one giant story rather than oh this is a side story because we had manda we had grogu they their lives were influenced by the conflict with the pikes on tatooine whether you like it or not them showing up their lives were influenced even luke was influenced because he has to deal with the repercussions of his first jedi just maybe not actually wanting to go with him so what is he going to do now he doesn't have a little apprentice anymore so so everybody gets affected and it's going to be really cool just seeing again how this keeps going forward, just sort of like the brother of all of this with star Wars, which is the MCU and how we keep seeing that move along in succession with each other of their movies and their TV series.
2: Oh yeah. That's, that's the best. Um, And and it's great that they're under the same umbrella too. So, you know, they can basically look across the aisle and be like, Hey, how's the MCU doing it? So, you know, that's a good way. um, Star Wars can kind of keep themselves in check basically like, Hey, Let's make sure we're kind of straying along the lines like of what's popular, and what's popular right now, is you know whether we agree or disagree or like it or not. What's popular now, in my opinion, is cameos. No matter what what it is, movies, uh, shows, etc. Like what people want is cameos. It seems like, and as long as you incorporate cameos properly, that's totally fine. Like you know, I'm sure many of you've seen like the Michael Keaton stuff. Um, like apparently he's cameoing in all these a lot of these upcoming DC things. So, you know, you have cameos. As long as they appear properly, that's, you know, it, it, it'll work. And, like, for me, for example, the uh, the Mando and Grogu cameos, well, basically slash, you know, episodes in this series in Book of Boba, you know, I think that was one of the most positive things. You know, they, they played pretty well. Um, they did kind of, like, dominate a little bit in those episodes. But... To me, I think one of the best parts that was overall really good for the series and good for the audience as a whole is the Mando and Grogu reunion because, you know, uh, I, I mentioned it last week, like the symbol symbolism of like the Mandalorians being a warring culture and then Grogu's first task or whatever as a Mandalorian, he's going into battle with Mando or with Din. So, like I think it's really cool, symbolically, like it played out that way, and I think we'll get to a point where you know Den even references that at some point, maybe maybe he's talking in the armor at some point he's like, "Hey, this kid you know took down a rank war, basically, like you know I think we' I think we'll get potential callbacks to this series from other series, you know, so to'll really make this feel like a you know crossing over universe.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, people watching, people after the fact, listening, because uh, we are a podcast as well, you can listen to us. But they're going to have to realize, these people, that they can't go from Season 2 of Mandalorian to Season 3 because it's going to be a train wreck. People, I can see it now all Whoa. over social media. How did Grogu go from leaving to being in the next episode? What What is all this Tatooine stuff they're talking about? You got to go that's, watch it.
2: Yep, that's one of... see. Okay. Let me rephrase that. Grogu and Mando reuniting was one of the most positive parts of this series, but it's one of the most negative parts for the Mandoverse as a whole because for the people who only watch Mandalorian, you know, basically now the payoff for Grogu and Mando reuniting doesn't mean anything because it was done in a different show. And I got thinking about that as well. It's like, so you're. You know, you start a a payoff in one show and then you're going to put it in a different show. But what if people aren't watching that? Like, that would be like, you know, starting up um, whatever, like, say, uh, Luke popping up at the end of Force Awakens and then, uh, you know, him just not popping up until like some other side story mission, you know, and not not even addressing it. Like, I don't know. It's just I I think it's kind of weird how they did it, because I feel like, honestly, like with. a a critical view on it i feel like you should have saved that moment for the mandalorian show itself
0: yeah there could be a lot said and spoken about i don't know hey does this Mm -hmm. feel does this feel earned does this feel like it's it's the right time because it was just literally a year ago but you know it all comes down to money i hate to say it the news disney execs were probably like (laughs) look we you're telling us we're gonna wait Two years for for no, you got to put him in there now. You know, like I can see right. that happen.
1: Well, the, honestly, and, and this is where I, I agree with Ben on a negative in the sense of, you know, bringing Grogu. Look, the one episode was fine. You know, with him being with Luke, they could have waited to to bring him back. You know, for season three after that episode, like they they could have wrote it could have wrote that differently and kept it as a as a as a, um, as a cliffhanger. And and try to incorporate it like in beginning of season three. I mean, again, I don't think you're right, Ben. They they shouldn't have done it that way. However, I agree with Chris. You know, I can see the executive saying, "No, uh, Grogu. We need that Grogu dust. That that he brings in too much money." And you know, little 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 girls, little boys, and little non-Star Wars fans, or hardcore or little non non hardcore fans, love that character. We need him back. So oh, I, I, it's it's a hundred percent marketing and financial game. Let's be real here.
2: Yeah, oh, that's one hundred percent. I guarantee yeah. you they saw the script for Book of Boba and said, "Hold up here, how can we incorporate that uh that baby Yoda guy into this series?" Facts. And and they said, "Okay, we'll rewrite a couple episodes. We'll uh, rework some things." And you know what? Just to do just to do the payoff, let's just do it now because yeah. we got to get them back together anyways. And I well, feel like God. I feel like, you know, uh, you know, we, we all uh, were like, you know, like, I mean, you even just said it, Milton. You're like, oh well, you know, we, I mean, I even said it too. Like, we could have waited for the payoff for Mando season three, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, it still was such a huge, smashing success, and that mm-hmm. gives Disney that gives Disney the proof right there to go. Oh wait, why make him wait two or three years when we can just get, wait, make him wait like eleven months? 10 11 months and give it to them, anyways, and they still go wild because, especially you know, with today's social media age where like the newest thing is the best thing ever. So, basically, oh. you know, all, so many people overreact, like, you
1: know, they're just living on hype of Grogu and Mando, right? Well, and then and you have the, the reaction culture on YouTube where people react to videos and stuff but again. I watched. 20 minutes of reaction videos of just Grogu training with Luke. And literally every person watching it got emotional. And the girls who were watching it were like, oh, baby. Like, th- they love that character. Star Wars ain't stupid. Kathleen Kennedy knows we need more females in Star Wars or more of a bigger female audience, so Grogu is that link. That's smart. Um, and let's be real here. Star Wars, and Chris, you might have to edit this down the road, I don't know, but Star Wars may ha- is going to whore out... Grogu let's be real here like they're, they're well, going to no <laughs> like, i was literally just about to say that too
2: so here well, i wasn't about to word it that way but, I'm, but i
1: uh, mean i mean i mean kids i'm just
2: saying it, like, it's, it's true hey i mean hey if it makes you money <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the truth. but uh but here's the thing i guarantee you we may not think it now, but I guarantee you Mando and Grogu are going to appear in Ahsoka and they're going to appear in um the Rangers of the New Republic show because right now they're the um green arrow of this Mandoverse where they're going to appear in all of these shows and I think I think it's going to be an exciting point
1: for all these series, right? Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be honest with you. Every time he pops up, I'll be like, "Oh, fire. Let's go."
2: Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know why though, Milton? It's because they've developed both Din and Grogu's character so well. Yeah. We 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 view them as such good developed characters. We're like, you know, as soon as like um, the fourth episode of this season, when when you get the uh, the Mandalorian theme at the end of the episode, I was so hyped because you know everybody gets gets so hyped when it's Din. Now I'm like locked onto the screen, like okay, let's let's yeah. watch here.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so, let's continue with talking about maybe some things we didn't enjoy as much. I'm going to start this one off. I think we could have gotten some more with Tatooine, um, whether or not they could have balanced other episodes out with content and stuff like that to fit in a little bit more backstory, because we did start to get some cool stuff about the criminal mm. syndicates, but I, I feel like they... They just didn't get enough into there. Plus, there was, like, certain aside things, like, very quick um, exchanges. Like, for instance, like, the city rats and then... Or the city scurriers and the desert people. Like, they both don't get along. But I wanted to see, like, maybe they hinted at something. It's like, hey, let's see more of that. Let's see, like, a little, like, bickering between these people before they get into the situation or something like that. Like, they, they were able to, like, tease enough, but it just didn't go deep enough for me of all the, the, the smaller stuff on the outside of the main story.
1: So you said that we didn't get enough of tattoo, tattooing. Just make sure I'm clear.
0: Uh, enough of, like, the culture, I would say. Enough okay. of like, the peoples that make up tattooing. Okay.
1: Because yeah. I, I guess my negative would be I think we are on, we're on tattooing way too much. Um, and, and again, I, I hear what you're saying, Chris, and, and I do agree in a sense of what you're trying to say. So I don't want anyone to get it twisted that I'm being a jerk about that. What I'm saying is, like, I wanted to see him travel more, like, out of galaxy, you know, and just try to be have, have more of a grip on what he's trying to do. Like, expand his branch in, at Tatooine, but also, hey, I'm going to push it further. Um, but again, maybe that's a season two thing. Because uh, I think, obviously, we've seen Tatooine throughout the movies, you know the the shows as far as like, okay let's I'm tired of sand I'm like Anakin sand's irritated. <laughs> you know let let's let's well, move on yeah I'm for me I'm kind of like in
2: between on uh on both of you on this one like I I can see where you're coming from Milton I think I think um let's see so we had seven episodes I think at least three of the episodes we should have went off planet and you know not including Din um so I think we should have done that. For sure. Just to also change up the color palette and just the taste of the show, you know. Um, because being being in the sands of Tatooine for so long, it definitely is a bit much. A but, you know, on the um, the flip side as well, like what you were talking about, Chris, like I think with the characters themselves, um, I think the issue you're, you had, or um, the underlying issue with the characters, um, like the citizens, it just... Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the set, the Massa Espa just felt so small to me. Like, mm-hmm. it just felt really small. Like, I think that's what got me the most when it comes to those um, expanding and flushing out the citizens of Tatooine. And I think it also had to do with some of the cinematography because there were so many tight shots when we were inside the city. So we weren't seeing too many, like, wide scoping, like, what's going on with who type mm-hmm. thing. So, like, it just felt. Um, like, Moss Espa just felt so small to me. And that's kind of, you know, was a knock for me as well. It's like, well, if we're going to hang around this city, like, give us some more context. Like, like that was one of the most fun parts about Phantom Menace. Like, when they were walking through Moss Eisley, like mm-hmm. Qui-Gon and, and the gang, you know, just, you're seeing... I mean, there's so many shots of Qui-Gon, like, walking in the streets and stuff in that movie. And that's right. such a good... That's such a good... Um, Good thing i mean and then again it's hard to compare a, a 100 million dollar movie to a show but but it just felt like there were so many tight shots and that didn't you know and just smaller sets and it just really didn't let the uh tatooine citizens uh develop a little bit more of their characters yeah that right. would have paid off that would have paid off the finale yeah,
1: yeah gonna, no, I, I, I see what you're saying and like i said and chris is, chris makes a good point like i think Cause like I said, Maz Vespa. I didn't know what that what that was when we first started it, and obviously got to see that. And 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 let's be real here. I'm sure there's other regions in tattooing that are built in that nature. So it's nice to see that they're all pockets of tattooing. And obviously we got to see more of the uh, underworld from like the different like captains, quote unquote, like that were at that table scene with him. So it was cool to see that. And like I said, Chris is right. Like that, seeing that's a good thing for sure.
0: Yeah, I want to send a uh, shout out to the guy in the chat room. He's saying "shrug knuckles fist bump" is his username. He's saying "outer rim." I was like, "Yeah, let's 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 travel around the outer rim a little bit because we know so much about, you know, from, yeah. from different books and different things. Outer rim is full of the scoundrels and the bounty hunters and the assassins yeah. and the mercenaries. Like, let's let's get a visual I, check on what planets make up the outer rim in live action. I think that would be pretty cool.
2: I agree. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, I was just talking about Phantom Menace. You have uh, the uh, the Queen's Guard, what, Captain Typho, he literally said, he's like, the Hudson gangsters are out there. Blah, 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 blah. Like, talking about Tatooine. So, like, you know, we should have seen more of the Outer Rim just to get more of a feel to it. And, uh, you know, and, you know, forget Tatooine. Like I said, instead of staying on Tatooine for so long, give us three or, three or four episodes going to these Outer Rim planets out there. And it would kind of, maybe given us a little bit more of a scope of what's going on with the greater uh, Republic and right. growing
1: threats of the first see, order. And that's the thing. Like, so that that's what I wanted. Cause like, I wanted to see what the quote unquote nude Republic is all about. You know, how is that new Republic growing? How's it handling, you know, now that the empire is somewhat in flux. Cause they're not, they're not completely gone yet or they're or they're, they're on their verge, but like they're in flux. Um, how are they handling like that transition even dealing with the underground and all that type of stuff but also too i guess a good thing i forgot to mention i know the episode with mando where he goes to find the armor that particular space planet or or whatever it was what was it called do we know
0: no we do on, not know um
1: that was cool so. to see that yeah. was, it was like a crescent moon type planet or something it's basically like, a that halo. Was, yeah yeah that was dope i i wanted more of that scene too um, in the sense of like more that that visual of what Star Wars is all about as well.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and another thing I will say about while we're talking about the characters, um, just talking about the villains too. I feel like we had literally gotten one episode where we actually understood the significance of what the pikes were representing. It mm-hmm. was that last shot of the penultimate episode, episode six, when they blow up the sanctuary. From that moment on, I was like, well, they should have showed that in like the first like three episodes that happening because Art. it's like at this point, we're kind of like, well, these guys are a joke. Like we, They're just these mask wearing fools that we've seen Boa Fett take out already. We've seen them in Solo getting owned by Kira and all those other people. So it's like, why are you exactly afraid of these people? And then they finally show us at the end that it's like, oh, okay. Uh, so So I feel like they needed to do a little bit more work with building up them to making us like kind of be like, oh, no, what's going to happen with Boba mm. Fett? Because these guys are trying to take control. And, and, and go, to go hand-in-hand hand with that, the whole idea behind Spice. Yes, we've seen Spice visually on a couple occasions, but we never really seen the ramifications of what happens when Spice goes to the general audience or the general masses of Tatooine. Like, what does that do to the people? How do they Hmm. die? Because Boba Fett says people are dying because of spice. Well, how are they dying because of spice? It's very nebulous. Are they getting shot and killed fighting over spice? Is spice like something you could overdose on? Like what? What is happening? And and why does Boba Fett care so much about the spice? Like I feel like that was a huge element that was missing.
1: I mean, maybe the spice is like you know the equivalent or of like heroin or like crack Mm -hmm. or something when it comes to like our stuff. So I, I don't know if Star Wars would want to show someone overdose and like, that'd be kind of like weird. Well, <laughs> sure, I guess well, that makes I sense. mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, um, maybe Boba had an addiction to it or something. And he just wants to maybe, maybe bring the anti, anti drug program. Because the thing is, didn't he, I, I and could be, I could be retconning Mando season two, but I swear, didn't he say when he was taking off, when, uh, the dark troopers take Grogu, Doesn't he say this isn't uh uh I'm pretty sure he says the word spice. He something about uh a spice tree? I I feel like yeah, he said he he Boba mentions the word spice um in Mando season two. So who knows, maybe he uses maybe he used spice before. Um maybe maybe he
1: was just a casual user of the spice, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just <laughs> <laughs> but it would have yeah, been like, nice I, to
0: actually get more in, in backstory if that was the case.
1: It, hey, man, it, it was a coping skill. It was a coping skill all those years being out in the desert. You know, you got to figure something out. Man, that's some that's some intense rehab
2: with the twins. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think though with the whole issue with the pikes, it's just. Like you said, Chris, we didn't really have a reason to fear them throughout the series until basically the penultimate episode. But that also um, brings in another issue, I feel like, with the series. So you're going to have Cad Bane as the bouncer, which is, which is totally fine. Uh, but if you're going to do that, make him feel like he is the villain of the series. Make him come in in the second episode of the season and maybe take out a couple of those mod biker gang people um like do that just to send a message and then have him pop up you know he doesn't even have to be in six out of seven episodes make him be in like episode two four and then like six and seven but i feel like you know we finally when cad showed up that's when i was worried about like you know of course you know as you said chris like them sending a message um blowing up the sanctuary that's sending a message and that did make us feel like oh wow they're there's something but when cad shows up it's like okay now they mean business because they have cad bane on their side like that now they now they mean something now they're a threat but the way the show did it you know cad bane was brought in basically just to get killed off as the pikes bouncer when he really didn't deserve it because he really didn't earn his death or earn that scene with boba within the series like it wasn't earned whatsoever like forget that it's Cad Bane, it could have been any character Boba killed and it would have been the same effect for us as an audience minus saying, oh, cool, Cad Bane are now complaining Cad Bane's potentially dead. I think right. you
0: hit the nail on the head, Ben, because earned. I don't think the death was earned. I Yeah, I have a ton of people in my comment section of that video is he, is he dead or not, and they're like, oh, that was good, that was good, we don't need him to be alive. I'm like, you need him to be alive now because... First off, they had that, that lingering shot for way longer than it should have been if he's just dead. And let's be
2: real. He's he's probably alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, it's like exactly what you said. If it was anybody else, just take his name out of the equation. It's just a villain of the week. Like he shows up in the end of the episode, then shows up in the next episode, is dead. Okay, cool. He's got a cool like, uh, he's got a cool appearance, but other than that, it's just like, uh, what's his backstory? What's he doing here? What's his story? There's there's no story whatsoever. And in fact, the worst part is, he makes references to events we've never even seen. Since when has Boba well, Fett been trained by Cad Bane in the first place?
2: Well, that, um, I'll let you jump in here real quick, Milton. Um, I'm just going to make a quick point, but so, like, the thing is with that, with Cad, you know, I've had a lot of good things to say about like John and Dave um, you know, including everybody through Mando season one, Mando season two, um, even through up until this point and Mando's in, Mando, in um, book of Boba season one. But this is a point where I think they got completely wrong because you introduce Cad Bane. And if you're watching this as someone who doesn't know who he is, you're like, who is this? What? Just, just some random villain. Like what, why is it important? And You know, for us as an audience, of course, we're like, oh, cool, Cad Bane. But for the general viewer, like you said, Chris, it's, oh, hero or villain of the week. And that's a point where I feel like John and Dave and Robert Rodriguez misstepped here because they kind of stepped too deep into the um, really hardcore Star Wars side of things, like to lean into the outside things that are not in this series. And they should have been building this throughout the entire thing from episodes one or two or three.
1: I agree with that. Like I, I can't even argue that. Like Cad Bane <laughs> and that's the thing though, because like Cad Bane is one of those characters that's that's beloved. He's my favorite bounty hunter. I think I've been I've been oh. very clear about that. I, I love him because he's he's consistently consistent. Nothing has changed about him since the Clone Wars till now. And for you to sit there and bring a Clone Wars character in and just waste him like that, that don't make any sense. So there's no way he's dead. And I think he was used poorly. It was great to see him. And, and I, actually I take that back. When did he was used poorly? He was not used enough. Um, and he should have been the penultimate villain. At, at least penultimate B-villain of this, of this series. Because you could have made it personal between him and Boba. And then overall, Boba's mission was to take out the Pikes and you know get control of his, his region of, of Tatooine.
0: Uh, this is yeah, what uh, I was going to say. Go ahead, Ben.
2: Oh, yeah, I was just going to say real quick. Like I just think with him as well, you know, I I didn't even like the decision for Boba to kill him. Like not not for like selfish reasons of not killing Cad Bane. Mm. You know, we have this whole series of Boba, you know, uh basically uh you know, basically being a nice guy to to rough people basically. Like he he played nice to the gangsters he played nice to everybody, and then you get to a guy who's presumably he's potentially been close with when he was younger over the years, et cetera, or at least respected as another bounty hunter. And then you're like, nah, we're just going to throw away all of this potential character development for Boba of him like giving you know uh, pretty much the nice angle to now now we're now we're going to kill you now we're going to yeah. kill you like see like to me that's like the whole um, you know it's the whole it falls back on the thing of like oh. You know, um you you basically bring in a character to kill them. Like why not instead of Cobb Vanth, why not have that be Cad Bane in the in the back to tank and Boba like giving mm-hmm. him a second chance type deal? Like mm-hmm. you know, that's that's an issue I have with the series because, you know, Boba was 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 basically being made to not be a killer, and then in the end he goes back to his roots of being a and you know, he kills a, a basically you know he kills guys so like i don't know it just it was kind of weird for me how they did it and um, a- and it was just the classic you know it- it's hard to nitpick on things like this cuz it's tropes in every single movie or show but like if catbane really wanted to kill boba as soon as boba took off his helmet he should have shot him in the face and been done with it
1: like yeah, facts.
2: so like you know you-, you know that's the thing like it just it's too tropey for me and then, you know, you're just kind of doubling back on what Boba's character has been growing throughout this whole series. And then you're like, nah, we're going to just kill you anyways.
0: Yeah, I think what Bil- Milton was getting on um, a few minutes there with was it was the fact that there wasn't much of a hook in these episodes. Yeah. And if you would have put Cad Bane as as a B-plot or something, you know, put him in episode at the end of episode two, put him at the end or the beginning of episode 3, whatever, earlier in the season, we would have had more talking points. Okay, what's going to happen with Cad Bane? What's going to happen? Is he going to get killed? Is he going to end up fighting with Boba Fett? Like, there's so much cooler stuff that could have been speculated and kept people even more engaged and more excited and getting more people on board to watch the series. So, yeah, I mean, it could have been a two-pronged approach. Not only would you have increased the the coolness of, of Cad Bane, but you would have... Gotten even a, a stronger hold in the story going a to week in the future.
2: Agreed. Oh, agreed. Oh, com- I completely agree with you. I mean, heck, you know, this is a really long shot, or, or uh, wish if I wish they would have happened. Maybe instead of all this stuff with Cad and Boba and Mando, if you're gonna get Mando involved in this series, even why not just have why not? Uh, let's let Cad Bane go back to his roots of basically taking out Jedi or disarming Jedi, have him go steal Grogu from Luke and maybe Mando come to Boba and be like, hey, I need your help. This bounty hunter, boom, you know, connect him with Cad Bane. Like, just something like, I don't know, I feel like his character was so underused for uh, what happened with him. And it's just, it's disappointing as well because they did his character so well visually. Like, they nailed the look of Cad Bane Uh and then you kill him.
0: (laughs) Oh man! I mean, that's that's all the negative stuff that I want to talk about. Things that maybe made the season a little bit uh, more desirable in some aspects. Anything uh, left for you guys to talk about? Any talking points?
1: Um, I mean, there there's some negative, and like I said, I I don't want to kill the show because it wasn't bad. It wasn't trash, you know. Because for anyone out there saying that it was trash, you're you're being stupid. Like it it just it just it just was up and down writing. Like I think. I think the problem that we had, especially with the first four episodes, was it was a roller coaster. It was very, it was weird writing. It was weird directing. I think Ben, you said it. You're just over Robert's directing. Yep, I'm done. Um, you know, and I think it was episodes two and four, where we, we were loving them. You know, and I think one and one and three were just like, ah, it's like you like that uh, old phrase, "You take me out of a show or take me out of a movie." One in episode one and three took me out of the show. It's like, what are we doing here? So it's like, eh. I would say that was probably for me, one of the negative gripes of the show. But again, I'm not going to kill it. It wasn't a terrible show. Hopefully, they can improve it. Quote, if we get, you know, a season two, they can improve it and say, let's get it consistent.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's only going to get better. I can't see how they would see this and, and somehow go in another direction but i get it man i had the same feeling watching one of those bad batch episodes a couple in a mm-hmm. couple of the weeks we watched it's like oh i thought i thought like live action was immune to this sort of thing i thought like live action every episode would be like hammering hard and it's like yeah. well that that we got to go forward well, thinking you know there's a possibility live action might not yeah. have a great episode every every once in a while and
1: and and and, and i've said this before in a mini series like this six episodes or seven there's you can't waste episodes you can't Like, it it makes no sense to put in filler or do weirdo plots. Like, that's why, and again, Arrowverse, that's why season 10, of or excuse me, season 8 was actually really good because there's only 10 episodes. Every episode meant something except for one of those crossovers for the crisis. They -hmm. were kind of, uh But episodes, you know, 9 or whatever it was, were fire. They all made sense for a reason. You cannot waste an episode for a miniseries. You don't have time for that. If this was sixteen episodes, okay, you get one or two or three episodes like that. Not in a miniseries. That's why. I'm, that's why for Obi Wan, I have a lot of hopes for it because I feel like they're not going to waste anything in those six or eight episodes they're shooting or that, that they have shot. Okay,
0: can, can we just say real yeah. quick why the heck have we not gotten an episode count for Obi Wan yet? What, so was it? I thought it was six. It's, I'm so I'm tired sure it's of six. it.
1: Is this, I'm, is pretty pretty sure, sure, I'm pretty Lucas, sure,
0: but Lucas Lucasfilm has never said it.
1: Well, which which is well. goofy, right? We, we listen. We already, we already know, we already know Lucas is is, is is on her bullshit sometimes with the whole like hiding stuff. Stop hiding stuff. We we are gonna find out anyway. So stop.
0: Playing. <laughs> oh man, um, and I'm gonna throw it over to you, Ben. Anybody? Um, otherwise, we're gonna get into our final scores. Of, a score out of ten for, for season one of the Book of Boba. Yeah. Um.
2: I would say overall, like milton said, the series isn't trash it's um but it's not amazing either. It had some ups and downs it was a roller coaster um you know as i've mentioned before i i uh i'm i'm good i don't need to see any more robert rodriguez directed star wars stuff or if it if it is directed, i hope it it improves at that um but overall the the series had some ups and downs, had some slow points that's for sure. I feel I felt like there was a little bit too much flashback early on or like um too much flashback in terms of time in the episode like you know 80% of the episode being flashback I think was a mistake for some of them um but overall you know we had some good moments you know obviously uh some you know some of the iconic moments I mentioned earlier like Boba coming out of the sarlac you know you got uh, Luke, you got Grogu, you got the action at the end of the series. Um, the shot of Boba sitting on top of the Rancor, I think, is an amazing shot. Like, I I, I didn't love, love the finale, but I feel like that shot was, um, like, poster-esque. Like, that's something you'd see in a comic book or on a poster I thought was great. And then, um, you know, I felt like his character was done uh, okay. Like, I, I obviously we discussed, you know, his his... Character developing, but overall his character I think was powered down, which is a negative overall for his character development, because it's it feels like a totally different character from Mando season two. Just to be real, um, because I mean, just a quick aside on that. Like if if we have if, if Boba's change quote unquote changed like he has, how do you have him in Mando season two? The first time he introduces introduces himself to Din. He's like, hey, got my sniper friend ready to shoot your kid over there. Like that, that's not the boba we got in this series at all. So <laughs> it just makes me wonder what happened in the writing from that to this and to how we got to that point. But like, you know, overall, thought the series was fine. Um, I did like to see I really did enjoy seeing Mando and Grogu reuniting, even though I I I'm kind of 50-50 on it, but I'm more maybe 51-49 because it's kind of symbolic how they met in battle again, and of course everybody just loves Grogu, like, you you can't not love Grogu, and then, of course, Luke was amazing, but overall, for me, I think the series was just fine, and I would have to give the series a solid 7 out of 10.
0: Alright, yeah, I know you gave it some really, really high scores, but then some yep. really, really low scores, so I feel like a 7 out of 10 would, would seem kind of fitting, and, um, without going too far with my review I'm also giving it a seven out of ten um, <laughs> and, and I've given that a couple weeks of week, uh, last week when I reviewed the series and I feel like that's a good number for me because I still feel like that 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 pretty much you know it was good overall could have been amazing but there's just a lot of things that for me could have been done better the pacing could have been done better motivations of Boba Fett could have been a little stronger villains could have been buffed up a little bit more there could have been more hooks between the episodes uh, but with that being said a lot of iconic moments seeing the slave one again seeing the rancor seeing Boba Fett being brought up by the Tuskens in like a story we would think we would get from like the Legends universe seeing it on the screen happening him coming out of the Sarlacc pit and And this whole battle with these different people, Black Chrysanthemum, a comic book character, coming to live action for the first time. So many really cool moments um, to talk about. And it was really fun overall as a um, content creator to really see some of um, the videos I post start to take off. Whether or not this is my favorite series ever, I respect and, and enjoy the fact that people actually were liking to talk about it in the comment sections, going back and forth with one another you know, just a lot of fun discussion all around, just everywhere, just not even YouTube, but just Twitter and everything else, so I gotta give it that to them, and Milton, what's your final verdict on the Book of Boba Fett, man?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll just keep it real and keep it simple, so again, this show wasn't trash, you know, I was gonna be very clear, it was up and down for me, you know, it was very much a roller coaster, and I think for me, it, it gave me a lot of A lot of flashbacks to how Bad Batch was in the sense of we go one step or five steps forward, three steps back. You know, obviously those first four episodes and we have episodes four and five that was really just escalating everything. And then seven happens. Um, Character development wise, Fennec was awesome. She was she's probably the most consistent character throughout this whole show. Without question. It was cool to see Black Chrysanthemum, you know, first time in live action. The, the, the Hutt twins were dope. Um, obviously, seeing you know the criminal element of Tatooine and seeing how that was branched out, I mm-hmm. love seeing that. Again, as I mentioned before, my negatives are there. Um, so, overall, I would say this show, for me, is a 6.75.
0: 6.75. So, pretty much fine, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is there, But you know what, though? Here's the thing. And I say that. Because the show to me isn't, uh, honestly, it's not rewatchable. Like, like I, okay. I, okay, I'll watch it again eventually, but I'm not hyped to say, let me go put on Boba. Like, I can go back and put on Mando 1 and 2. Well, Milton, yeah. that's the thing with the show, or with this show. It's,
2: that's actually a very good point uh, mm. we haven't brought up to this point in the show. I don't think this show is very watchable, unless you watch, maybe tune into the Mando and Luke episode. That's cool. Maybe the finale for a little bit of action. But for me, I can randomly. I mean, a few weeks ago, I just turn on the Mandalorian season one and just let it play in the background. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I I can sit down and watch Mando and not even have any. Like to me, Mando season one and season two, it is rewatchable as any of the Star Wars movies we've gotten Facts.
1: to this point out of all of them. I agree. And here's the thing: I actually went back, and you re- you guys are going to probably be surprised to hear this. I went back and rewatched some of the Visions episodes. Star Wars Visions. Yep. I watched the wow. twins episode and the uh, the Jedi, which is the one. That's not. Is that the one with the samurai yep. one? The yeah.
0: Jedi. Oh wait, the duel.
1: The duel. Yeah. yeah. Like I rewatched those because I, I love those two particular episodes and and even the kid one who looked like Mega Man, oh. the, the robot Jedi. Like dude, it's that LB1. show is still re- still watchable for me. Like if yep. you get me to rewatch it more than once, you got me hooked. You know, and I think with random fans that aren't Star Wars heavy, you need them to go back and want to rewatch this stuff. I think this show doesn't help.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's our thoughts on the Book of Boba Fett, but we're not closing this book just yet because we're going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett for a certain amount of time in the future. And I would say at least until Mandalorian season three at the end of this year, hopefully. Um, so stay tuned for more on that Um, as i didn't mention off the top of the show if you're watching us live on youtube every friday at nine o'clock eastern you can also listen to us on the car rides around wherever you go grocery store you can shop around go to the gym anywhere really we're on all those streaming podcast platforms apple google etc we also have a store where you can buy t-shirts at teespring.com search our name Outer rim transmission in both podcast form and on that website for the t-shirts to get those all right so we're going to get into our first big our first big story here um the Old Republic got a cinematic and this is something i definitely didn't expect for to promote the latest expansion legacy of the sith I'm gonna throw it over to Milton because I know you've been shopping at the bit to talk about this one, man. What was your yeah. first reaction to this?
1: Fire. Fire. <laughs> like this episode was or this this trailer was so good. Darth Malgus, like, I'm not even kidding you. Literally, I thought about this. I was at the gym. When did this come out? Was it Wednesday? Tuesday. Wednesday, yeah. Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday. So I get up in the morning around three fifty to go to the gym at four o'clock in the morning throughout the week. Okay, except for except for today. Wow. So I, you sent that to us the day before, or that, that day or whatever it was, I watched it at the gym, literally was like losing my mind while I was doing cardio, because I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, if, if if Disney executive wants uh, someone to play that character of Darth Malgus, sign me up, because I'm playing that character, because he's so good, uh, he is so badass, I love how he manipulated, <laughs> I forget what the, the young Jedi's name, but how he said you know what you destroyed you know and and he's like they they that machine pretty much points out jedi kids that are sensitive that the jedi don't want pretty much and mm-hmm. i'm like what i mean just that for 6 minutes of storytelling was like didn't even realize that even existed i i have to go back and rewatch this again but that you can tell the pain the 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 creative I can't even describe how good it was. Like the, the pain of those characters were, were real to me, especially that Jedi. When you realize it was her sibling that was that 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 they took her away from, isn't that crazy? Because I had no uh-huh. idea that was a sibling until the end. Uh huh. Like, how, uh-huh. how dope was that twist on it? And it's like, and he's like, when we're ready to break break free, come find me. And I'm like, son, I want to be a Sith. Because he's like, listen, like, the Jedi okay. be bullshitting. Here's the and thing. I'm-
0: Here's the thing. Malgus is not even a Sith anymore. So I he know, has left the is Sith crazy, and but, the Republic but, and the Jedi.
1: Listen, man. It's, uh, <laughs> listen, Disney, Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy. I'm I'm in hella shape now. Let me play Darth Malgus, okay? If, if you need me to get painted white and, and, and shave my head completely, let's do it. <laughs> like, I got you. <laughs> like, I like him like, now. That, that, that character is that character is so dope to me. Like he's he's. I think he's in my top five when it comes to, I guess, evil force users. If he's not really a Sith anymore, but he's so dope. I, I we we need him. We need him in a movie. We need him in a movie or or a live action series. And I said that in our message that this needs to be a movie of a trilogy or at least a four season streaming series because we need more of this. That six minutes. And I'm going to say it is better than the sequel trilogy. Oh! I, I'm, I'm going to be real. They'll, 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 first, again, I'm going to say all the cinematics of the Old Republic. Put them all together, and that's what, maybe 30 minutes of yeah. cinematics? Yeah. Better than the sequel trilogy. And, and, no one, and then, oh, Milton, you, you messed up for saying that. I don't even care. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll argue anybody on that. Because you're telling well, me the storytelling with three high budget movies. Do not hold up to thirty minutes of cinematic trailers of characters that have never been in live action yet. The, the, the overall story is well, better.
2: You nailed it completely, Milton. <laughs> actually, with with all of your points there. So, <laughs> not to not to, um, you know, we we can't just include the sequels here. So, here's the thing. Here's the well, every point you made about Malgus, about uh, what's the girl's name? Sahara or something? Yeah. Sahara. Yes. Yeah. Sahara. Okay. Sahara. Um, Okay, so for example, talking about rewatchability, I watched that thing probably like five times this week. Like i I just turned it on our four K TV, you know, out in our living room and just let it play. And it's like, man, this holds up so good, Whoa, so man. good. And you know, Malgus is amazing. Sahara's great. The emotion to the trailer or um, the cinematic is is done so well. Other than here's here's another hot take. Think about it this way: other than Mando and Grogu reuniting in Boba that was more emotional and story driven than the entire season of book of Boba Fett completely yes. in my opinion. And then if you talk about sequel, the sequel trilogy, not to like dive too and far into that tidal wave, but, um, but when it comes to that, even like a lot of the character developments, um, that we got in the sequels, it was, it really wasn't, or, um, you know, their journeys weren't earned, I feel like, or they were rushed and, it, or they played it safe. And, um, You know, what we got in that, just that one cinematic alone, there was more, I feel like, emotion for the characters and just story than we got in the sequels. And it just makes you wonder, like, you know, of course, like for big movies, you have to kind of play it safe. You have to play to the audience. But why can't you give us something so story-driven and emotional-driven? Because I guarantee you, reshoot that cinematic in live action release that exact same thing six minute footage release it to the public and be like hey do you want this to be anything a movie or show (laughs) and everybody would give it a resounding yes because it was amazing and the thing is you know when have we gotten that much emotion in the sequels to me maybe when ben uh i feel like turns back to the good side in rise of skywalker i feel like that was done pretty well for the most part and then you know some of the Little things like Han saying, "Hey, we're home," all that sort of jazz. But other than a couple little moments like that in the sequels, this is right there with anything they've made emotionally under right. the Disney umbrella in terms of um, emotion and feel and story. And this this cinematic, it just makes me like the thing is with something like this, and with Star Wars as a whole. Like Star Wars should make you want. To like talk about Star Wars to somebody. And to me when this came out. I'm like oh my gosh. I got to talk to the guys about it. Got to talk to my best friend. Got to talk to my cousin about it. Because it was done so well. And like yeah. the book of Boba for example. is was just kind of like eh.
1: Okay. Well yeah. Because listen. So, so tomorrow, tomorrow is my little sister's. Gender reveal party for her baby. Okay. And my brother and I are going to be there. with our family members. I guarantee <laughs> you. Me and him are going to be talking about this. While they're revealing the baby's gender. Okay. <laughs> now let's be. Look. I already know the gender, so I been like, whatever. I'm just here to just be support. But we're going to talk Star Wars. I guarantee you that. And this cinematic, and what's crazy about it, Ben, you can bring up a good point about the sequel trilogy and the emotions. Rey was taken away from, well, her parents left her on Jakku, okay? We got a similar scene like that where the kid is taken away from, I'm th- I thought it was a parent at first. And it's, yep. and it's the sibling. And we got – and hey, that felt so good. The payoff was perfect because you see Sahara get to the machine, about to get the Holocron, and then Malgus just starts talking. And then they show those flashbacks of what the real perspective was. And I'm like, man, like that, that's well done. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now and you can't even yeah, well, don't you well, see it. Like it, it's no, crazy how that's, that – you just saying that makes me want to watch the trailer
2: right now. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, the payoff was perfect. And it's like, wait a minute, you really did a good job at making the audience think this was, oh, a good thing what the kid did to use the force. And then it's like, wait a minute. Like, we didn't get to see the whole perspective. And then when you see the brother or sister get pissed off and use the force, it's like, man, you really abandoned that kid? Like, come on. like How messed up are the Jedi? Like, that makes me not think, like, the Jedi are really good people at all. And that's the
0: key point, right? This had something to say that has not really been focused on with any of the on-screen material. Maybe in some of the comics, maybe in some of the novels. But to actually see this front face and center about, hey, maybe the Jedi aren't so good for taking kids away from their families at the young age and not having a say about it. And Malgus is basically saying like, hey, look, what's happening with all these other kids? Are you sure? And he's like manipulating her. And it's just yeah. like that, that quickness and that kind of uh, attention to detail in so many few lines of dialogue because they only have six minutes to tell a story. It felt like it was a 20-minute story.
1: Facts. But it was six and minutes. And here's the thing. They, they – I kid you not. They did a good job of making me want to side with Malgus on it. I'm like, he ain't wrong because, yeah. again, if this machine's identifying kids that are waste, that are just being discarded – and they're being ripped from their homes and breaking up families. How 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 positive is that to be a Jedi? Like, mm-hmm. come on, Malgus Okay, yeah. Malus is saying, "Listen, they're, they're they're just as screwed up as we are. We're just being real about it when we do it."
2: Yeah, well, that's that's the
1: best part of a
2: sign of a uh, of a good villain. Just because, look, I mean, you have Malgus. Like like you said, you felt like you're like, okay, I can see where you're coming from, and you're making a pretty good point here. Like even. Even I think that's what makes um, like Thanos so good in Avengers, because he is, you know, of course, crazy for wanting to like wipe out half the universe's population. But if you look at it, like he has a point with some of his points he's making about why he's doing it. So like the thing is, when you have a character, a villain like that, making good, really good, solid points versus just like doing the whole Joker thing of running around making chaos, like, like that is way more impactful of a villain than, you know, any other just random like, you know, video game villain you could throw in this.
0: Yeah, yeah. this is this is great because I'm the one who actually plays this freaking game and I'm sitting here enjoying <laughs> you guys just talk about it cuz I I it's it's that's <laughs> it's the power of it is like this universe that they built up in the old republic is so darn fascinating for for any fan to just talk about it. Says a lot about the era says yeah. a lot about the character um of, of Darth Malgus and, and all that. So that's that's pretty cool. I gotta give uh credit where credit is due here. Uh the trailer is called Disorder. And I don't know if you guys do this, but this is uh put together by ILM industrial light and magic put together And that's significant because all the previous Old Republic uh, trailer cinematics were done by Blur Studios. So this is ILM's first crack at doing an Old Republic cinematic. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew that, but I mean, for me, it seemed like I couldn't tell a difference. I feel like they captured the essence of what the other yeah. stories told, even going up to like the flashback or, or, or the slow motion, like Matrix-esque moves at certain points of this. Like it was what something that Blur Studio did a lot with their trailers. So I thought they mm-hmm. did a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah, I actually went back and rewatched the first uh, cinematic that they did, where uh, when when, when Satiel and her master fight uh Malgus and his yeah. master. Yeah. Which again that still holds up. Uh, it, it's so good. And we got that Han Solo type character with the cowboy hat, yeah. which is fire. Um uh yeah it, it look man they they can make a full feature movie. It, it let's come on. C- call it what it is. Like Lucasfilm stop playing. I guarantee you, you make a two hour film <gasps> like this, we're we're watching it. Oh like, we're 100%. watching like oh, I will to watch this in theater. Like like listen and and I'll go watch look I saw uh uh Clone Wars in theaters. I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Th- I'll go see an animated feature in theater as long as you make sure it's good and it looks like this and and there's character development. Fi- you got me hooked, man. It's mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, or we could just do a
2: like s- s- give us an 8 episode live action series with it. like get a series going to me. I think that's one of the, you know, I mean uh I was talking about it to one of my friends this week. One of the most meta, I think, issues with Star Wars as a whole is we're sticking around this era of one through nine. And, like, why not go back these thousands of years or whatever? Why not go back, like, that far and make a series about yes. these characters? Because, you know, with the series, look at Game of Thrones, how good characters paid off in the long run. Like, if you develop a series... With these characters with this type of emotion and storytelling that happened in this little five six minute trailer, like why not why not extrapolate that out to a full eight hour series? and you know that that would be incredible in my opinion. like heck, you know we've talked about malus, we've talked about Sahara the mask the jedi the uh, the jedi master, I don't remember his name, but he uh you know he even had good emotion too of like, oh crap, I just got busted here, like yeah. you know type deal like they nailed it they nailed it so perfectly like to me it got me so hyped for this and i don't even play that game um like like that's the that's the best part about star wars is it gets you talking to people and you're not even playing these games you're just so hyped about it and like yeah. why not extrapolate this out to a series or something
1: i agree yeah. and and there and there are characters in this universe that i mean again Bastila Satil, uh yeah. Revan obviously Malgus, you know, like there, there's characters there that we can fall in love. Just like we fell in love with Luke Han and Leia and Darth Vader and Palpatine. Like you can build them up. You're right. Go back. This takes place. What? Maybe a thousand years before. About 4,000. I
0: think they said, four, what was it? Three or 4,000 years.
1: Something okay. Like that. Yeah. So yeah. again, perfect. I, you separate, go back 2,000, and do this series, do six movies, of this of this era, I guarantee you, you will have fans loving those characters like they love the our characters now, because like Satil and Bastila. That's why I've always said, when all the people saying, "Oh, no one," uh, people get mad because Rey's a lead character. That's BS. Satil is fire. Bastila is fire. Ahsoka is dope. Like we like female yeah. characters in Star Wars. Just make them nice, like, yeah, th- and, and they're and they're and they're video game characters that haven't even been in the movie yet, and we mm-hmm. love them. Yeah, exactly. That's the big
2: thing, in my opinion, um, that gets gets obnoxious with a lot of the online discourse when it comes to Star Wars is like, they're like, well, you know, uh, not to put words in people's mouths, but it's just, you see people posting it, so it's, it's, it's just more truthful. But you see a lot of people say, well, you know, people didn't like Rey because it's a female lead. She's a female lead. No, a, a lot of people just didn't enjoy her story arc. And for me... Like this trailer. Like not to not to turn this into an anti sequel discussion, but like this trailer made me more emotionally worried about Sahara than I was ever with Ray, honestly. Yeah. Um, and and that's not even just hot taking. It that's just like thinking about it. It's like you know, it's it's true. It's true. It really is. And like like you said, you have so many characters. You have Bastille, Steel. Um, this is Sahara character. You have all these different characters that you could work with. And you know, like you said, Milton, we like female leads, like Ahsoka. Ama- Rosario Dawson's amazing as Ahsoka. Um, her right. Ashley played her perfectly. You have the OG Leia. Like ever, like I, I think that's something people. That's a totally different discussion, but that's something people forget about. Is like we talk about people not liking female leads in Star Wars, but we all love Leia. Like that's universally yeah. accepted. We all love Leia. So like to me, I just think. I just think as long as you create good characters, that's all people care about. Like, I like agree. they agree. With this one cinematic they've created, or they're using such good character development with Saara, with the Jedi Master, and with how manipulative Malgus is. Like, it's it just good characters. As long as you have good characters, the people will come in good stories.
1: Well, yeah. oh, so, so right now I'm looking up some of the Old, old Republic characters, okay? And just so off my head. So you have Revan, who was the lead of the uh first game of Knights of the Old Republic. You have I think the couple of the droids with it T three and four? I don't know if you guys remember that character.
0: Yeah, forty
1: seven, yep. And it yep. so so and so in the next game, the Knights of the Republic, it's Karth Ansanzian how you say it. Karth on uh, Bastila, San, Jolie, Bindo. He was like that bald headed uh yep. Jedi. Oh, um, yeah. you, like again, you can and then some of even the, the, the villains you had, Darth Malak, people forget yep. about him. Darth Sion, oh, yeah. Darth Nifilus. He wore Nialis. that mask with the white stripes on it. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like, you can do, you got characters that we can attach onto. And again, Lucas, Disney, if you want to hire me to be a Sith Lord <laughs> of that era, sign me up. I'll shave my beard, <laughs> shave my head completely, and I'll do what you want me to do.
0: There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! So 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 tying it. Yeah. So so amazing cinematic, and it comes out just in time because literally the day this came out, that's when the Legacy of the Sith expansion came out. So seven This is the sixth expansion of the Old Republic, and while told, I'll I'll give you guys a quick little review because um, spoiler alert! I've beat the game already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically. <laughs> So, so, um, the story is is really strange, really strange. So, I've been playing this game since beta, and this is by far the expansion that that has had the least amount of content. It has had some good content, but the the content that I care most about, arguably most people do, is the story. and it's it's interesting how they frame the story because it's like they introduce you to a previous plot thread involving Mandalorians and, and different Mandalorians infighting, and they're like, oh yeah, that's going on. Nothing happens with you involved with that sort." Then they mention, oh, something about Malgus. It's like, God, oh, we're not going to worry about that. It's like, wait, what? He's on the cover, and he's in a cinematic. What do you mean we're not worrying about that yet? Like, he's the face of this expansion. What's going on here? And then, and then, and then so that ends, that conversation ends. Then, out of the blue, you, you know, launch into the actual thing, and it's like, this conflict on manan which comes out of nowhere and manan you might some of you might know is, is from the original nights republic's the water planet that has a cath and a fraction shark where you go underwater and you deal with the colto and all that so that has bubbled up to the surface again as far as the conflict between the republic and the empire both have interests in colto which is basically the pre-em- the the the, uh, the precursor to bacta it's very important for the war effort. So you you're you're fighting over the culto, but there's really not you're fighting with this one Jedi Padawan. Uh, his name's Arn. He's a cybernetic Jedi Knight. He just became knighted, and uh, well, you're just basically fighting over this like a couple missions on Manan. It looks fine. There's a lot of fire. There's a lot of rain and a lot of water. Um, but it's very linear. There's not really any like open world area. You're just kind of fighting through like mobs of enemies, and it takes about less if you're really good at this, it takes you less than two hours to beat the story. <laughs> Literally less than two hours, and it's like, oh well, that's the story. And then and then and then they're like, Oh wait, but there's a flashpoint, which is basically yeah. their idea of a of a little dungeon that you could do with three other people. They have a story mode you could just do it by yourself to just get the story. So you go through that, and that's when Malga shows up for all of five minutes, and you fight him in a boss battle, and um, I don't know if I want to say too much more at this point. No, you can't, because I'm not going to play it. Spoiler. He probably
2: gets whacked, I bet.
0: Spoiler alert for anybody that has any interest in playing this game. So, So no, he doesn't die. So what happens is you find him at the same location that is happening in the cinematic, which is pretty neat. Like you're, you're like, oh, Malchus is up to something. We, we got evidence that he's on this um, Sith planet called Elam. We go there, and as we hear all this commotion, which is the commotion that's happening in the cinematic as we're approaching this temple structure from the outside, Malchus breaks out. Kind of like the inverse shot of you seeing him walking away in the cinematic. You see him coming through the doorway towards your player character, and you fight against him, and then you actually defeat him, and it only took me two tries. It's like an end game ball, so I was like, okay, this is granted story mode, but I was like, I'm surprised that I was able to defeat Malchus in a matter of like a minute and a half. <laughs> and then you base, but this is the badass part because, um, well, first off, backing up. You can play Old Republic on the Sith or the Republic side, and depending on which side you play on, there's certain characters that you interact with, certain characters you have, you know, relationships and stuff like that on either side. So the story is very much different on, on either way of the factions. So me as playing as my commando gunnery guy with the big-ass gun, um, I defeated I defeated uh, Malgus, and he's on one knee, and then next thing you know, like you bring in all, your, all the Jedi coming. It's kind of weird how this happens. Like, Every known Jedi that you've met, like, meets up at this point. And even though it's kind of weird how that can end up where everybody just magically appears when you need them, they all use the Force to put him, like, in Force prison kind of, like, thing. Where, like, they use the Force, and you actually get to, like, incapacitate him. And then we get to see him put into, like, this, like, um, what was it, from X-Men... Do you see Magneto going into like a jail cell, which is all plastic oh, like, or something? Oh, like that glass chamber,
1: or yeah, yes. glass chamber or something. So they yeah. put
0: they put Malgus in that, and they're basically like, "We've put Sith in here in the past, and he'll never get out, and all this stuff." So, so then and then meanwhile, like you're talking to Malgus through this thing, and he's reciting the significance of this discovery of this thing he has found. And when we see in a cinematic, he had that holocron in his hand as he's walking out. He takes it from. Uh, the, the female Twi'lek but as he's giving this like epilogue if you will of the expansion it cuts back to that planet and it shows Sahara with that finding that holocron that was on the ground I guess he must have dropped it when he was fighting your character or whatever mm-hmm. and he's saying about like this key is holding the future for existence there's lots of fire and lots of different things that's that's like foreshadowing the future and all that but um, so that's basically how how the story ends for that. But I was just a little bit let down because it was like, hey, wait, what, like this this character Malgus is like teased up here forever uh, on the, the the splash screen of the loading page, and we fight against him for five minutes, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like it kind of the, the storytelling in the game is just questionable how they're going about tackling multiple storylines. Um, But yeah, so Malgus is in jail, he's in prison, and uh, we don't know much about this character of Sahara. Now, they do say, you know, it's a living game, so obviously we're going to get updates and stuff like that. Um, uh, Some other stuff that happened in the game is you... I was was showing you guys, there's this Galactic Seasons thing, which is another kind of tract of of events or little activities you can do when you log in, whatever. And you get a character that looks like Cad Bane, and... um, zell kell or something like i forget what his name is but anyway he's a duros and uh it's got a cool little story track dealing with like this the shadow organization um kind of like crimson dawn in the old republic so that was pretty cool because you're like helping him out and, and getting information they both work for the republic and the empire this criminal syndicate and all this sort of thing so that was cool um i'll talk about the good real quick um They have a a feature in the game called combat styles. So before when you first make a character, you have to pick, Hey, do you want to be a a Jedi uses two lightsabers or a smuggler or a sniper or somebody? And once you pick that thing, you, you have to stick with it. That's, that's your character. You can't change weapons. You can't do anything like that. Um, they have since added in with this combat styles, which will allow you to pick an additional class, I guess you can call it. So you can actually switch between two now. Um, what a cool thing you could do, also, because they have a dark side, light side thing, like the original. That's uh, all Republic. You could actually, let's say, you want to start off as a, as a good guy, as a light side Jedi. You could actually get dark side points from making, you know, decisions or doing other activities that actually bump up mm-hmm. your dark side points. When you get to dark side level five, now you could actually like pick a new class and become like a Sith. So you could effectively like be like role playing in the game and be like yeah, I started off as this good guy and I made all these decisions and it'll actually like show your face like actually like turning like really like evil looking with Sith eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you could actually like choose like I'm going to be like a Darth Maul double-bladed lightsaber shadow or, or whatever they're called, the assassins in, in the game. And you could do the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm making a character um, which is basically modeled after Ben Solo on the Sith side. I'm going to end up making one to, to transition to the light side. So um, all in all, I... Basically, the game had potential, and I feel like it came out half-baked, because they had two months of a delay. This was originally supposed to come out in December, and I don't even want to think about what it would have been a bit like then, because just like Cyberpunk 2077, this game has a crap ton of bugs, bugs that are really not great, bugs that they had to actually turn off the, the servers multiple times in a matter of the three days it's been out, to like fix the game. <laughs> essentially. And like there's like some crazy bugs where like I have this like Bad Batch inspired helmet, and for some reason when my guy was talking at a cutscene, he sounded like like I I don't even want to try to impersonate what he sounded like, but there was a problem with the filter on the voice with that specific helmet where it made him like you could barely understand what he was saying like there and at <laughs> one point I was like walking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could have recorded it because it would have gone viral on Twitter. It really would have. Who's because it sounded the game crazy. maker for
1: this? Bro, for this, BioWare. Okay. See, like, I'm kind of I'm surprised, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me. This is why, like, just go back to LucasArts. Like, did you notice it said LucasFilm Games on the beginning of this? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it said LucasFilm Games. Oh. So, go. If that's the LucasArts, just make it that. Because, like, I have no faith in the Star Wars video games. I've been burned by them since day one, like since they taken over. Except I haven't played Fallen Order yet. I have it downstairs. Y'all tell me that's the only one that's good. Wait, you have but it like...
0: downstairs? Why you waiting?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's literally sitting on like like on my like table because I just haven't played it yet. But I will though. I'll get to it. But like, it's the fact that that's the only game that's been good thus far, and yeah. they own this intellectual property since what two thousand and fifteen. Like, come on, and then you can't even get a game, a simple add-on right that's been delayed for what two months? You said, like, come on, man, what are y'all doing? Like, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, it, it's goop. That, I don't get it. Like, go back and let Lucas Art come back because all those guys were killing it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing though. This was the same studio that made the original Knights of the Elder Republic. Bioware made that. But here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been years now. Like they they move in new developers, developers leave. So I don't sure. really know how many original people, if any, are there that actually worked on the original game. Because a lot of these studios, like Bioware, for instance, have multiple studios. Like the, the studio is called Bioware, but they have a an outlet that works in, um, let's say Canada, another one at Bioware Austin, this studio was made to make this game. They have one somewhere else. Right. So, so there's different outlets that they're doing this thing. So who knows, but, um, long story short before we move on here, it's like, yeah, it's in a day and age where we see a game like cyberpunk 2077 come out and they actually came out with an update this, this week, which was about a, a year and a half too late because they finally fixed the game. Apparently, right. At least enough to make it really like something worth playing. But you watch that and see all the bugs and see the negative feedback, and it's like, guys, just delay the game. Just delay the game if it's still not ready. Just delay it another another two, three months. Like We'll play other games. There's other games to play all the time. It's not a big deal. Um, I, of course, I'm saying that the, the, they have to make money eventually, right? So they they, they kind of have right. shareholders and stuff they have to listen to um, so much. They can only delay it so, so long. But yeah, I mean... I, I'm disappointed um they have some cool features in the game, but again i'm I'm still disappointed i I'll, I'll keep playing, but it's just like okay, I'm just gonna wait for the next update so
1: again, like I said the, the video games for Star Wars have been just god awful except for the one I know you guys are told telling me that, but the, that's disappointing like because again, you would think if Bioware is still someone in control of that that particular game. Like you would think they'd have that on point now. Again, now now makes me kind of nervous when they do the reamp or the remake of it for an actual platform. Now, again, knocking on wood, I don't know if you hear that. I- I- I'm hoping for the best,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, something I'm also hoping for the best for is another video game and that's Star Wars Hunters because I mean, I've been kind of like mentioning this game every once in a while, so that's one of the only Star Wars games that's coming out anytime soon. It's that mobile slash Switch game. A a, a cool tie-in with The Old Republic is they are bringing a fan-favorite mode from the PvP mode of The Old Republic, one of the PvP modes, called Hutball. And Hutball is this over-the-top, obstacle, ninja-warrior-type course, but football-esque in nature where you have four people versus four people. And it's like you have a ball and you have to get it to the goal line but it's like combat enabled so you're like you're fighting like lightsabers against people there's like different like stuff you can force push people off ledges there's like fire that comes out of the ground you can get like get people like force pushed into the fire or the acid there's like different heights so you're like it's really fun and they're actually like literally transplanting that game mode into the Star Wars Hunters which is i think is brilliant because not only is it cool because it canonizes essentially like this popular game that was played back thousands of years ago But I feel like the controls and the mechanics of this action game versus an RPG are going to lend itself even better than the old Republic managed to make the game. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think this mode could be, if they pull it off, right, this mode could be what actually gets people to actually play this game. Because other than that, all they have is basically the, the game modes you would expect from any other popular shooter. Like, oh, you know, capture and hold this zone or capture and hold over here or... Kill this many people over here. Like this, actually, is going to be something unique, which requires teamwork. And I, I, I hope I'm not talking too much good about this because I feel like there's a lot of potential here. Haven't really seen it being played, but at least there's something that's unique coming to this game that I can actually start to get a little bit excited about.
2: So, oh yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not interested. I. I...
2: <laughs> yeah I'm, i i'm actually only excited for star wars lego coming up i i can i can say i'm i'm will uh well well milton you and me we can let chris handle this this part of the uh the video gaming for us yep <laughs>
0: yeah oh man oh man moving on though what we have coming <laughs> out with some of the series let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about obi-wan and we have news that... And this is according to Variety, who... I, th- I forget who broke the story first, but it's always great when Variety is able to get their stamp of approval on it, is that John Williams is going to be involved with creating some original music for Obi-Wan Kenobi series.
1: Let's go. That's how it should be. Like, I'm... I, I, listen, I don't think I have to expand it. It's It's John Williams. Like, he's that dude. Like... <laughs> I mean, he's fire, so Kenobi and John Williams make sense to me.
2: Oh, yeah. I think I think with uh, John Williams returning, it's, it's awesome. I mean, he just turned 90 a few months ago, which is, it's great seeing him still producing music for Star Wars, and I feel like it's poetic that he is getting involved in this series because, you know, he started off his thing with Star Wars with the Kenobi character and Luke and you know the force and all that. Like I just feel like it's a good, um, uh, you know, good, basically arc for his journey in Star Wars. Like ending up back with, with Obi Wan and Vader and all the characters, you know, he he um, knew and loved back then. So like I think it's a a really good thing. It's got me hyped, and um, yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what type of scores or new spins on um certain scores we get for this series as well. Because you know he's gonna you know he's going to draw up some scores for for Anakin, and he's going to draw up separate scores probably for Vader. You know it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be fire.
0: Yeah, this like you said, it's a it's a perfect poetic poetic thing coming around full circle. And you know I I honestly think that John Williams is going to be doing Star Wars music and or at least involved with music in general. Uh, until that unfortunate day when he passes away, because well, how old is this guy? He's like at least ninety, 90. Now, right? He he just turned ninety a
2: couple months ago.
0: That's incredible I, to be able to still mentally like forego like creating. James Earl something. Jones. James Earl Jones too.
2: James Earl Jones is ninety. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he just turned ninety or like eighty nine. He he's really close to it. Wow, that it's... was only like a month ago. Yeah. It, okay. 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 But yeah, I mean, this is great. I want to see
0: like some of this prequel blending of themes with the prequels and original trilogy. Like, there's a lot of emphasis, a lot of great things that could happen out of this, and it just goes to show you, like, uh, and, and Millen, right? He's an example. This is a lot of people's most anticipated Star Wars thing, probably since the Force Awakens.
1: Yeah. In fact, oh, one hundred I mean, percent, without 100%. question, and, and and no, you're right. Able to say, I appreciate it. Like. Obi-Wan Kenobi, again, I think he's the, the, the Derek Jeter of Star Wars. You know, he, he's clutch when he needs to be. He's consistent. He, he's a captain of this universe, you know, and are captains the most popular? No, but he's, he's steady. Uh, whether it's from the prequels to the, into, or to the original trilogy, he's that character that we as little boys fell in love with saying, hey, that's, uh, besides loving Luke and Han Solo, he was probably one of our first mentors, Obi-Wan Kenobi, as a young boy. Just saying, hey, he's that old guy who's showing those ways of the Force. He introduced us to the Force. I mean, he, he's our first mm-hmm. teacher when it comes to mm-hmm. Star Wars. So having this character return back is amazing. Having Ewan McGregor play him at, at, as a middle-aged man who's probably in his 50s at this point, like as a character development, he, it's the perfect time to do it. It's a story that needs to be told. You know, like, you know, Solo, that movie didn't need to be told. This story needs to be told because we need to know what the hell was Obi-Wan doing on Tatooine. He had to have left Tatooine eventually for some reason. And we're going to see that. And we know Vader and him met up at least one more time prior to A New Hope. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I I, I can't
1: wait. I cannot I cannot wait to see that. It's. I, I I just love these characters. I, Hayden's back, dude. I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see him. And that's what's nice about this series. We're getting Hayden Christensen back because all the hate he got from the the old head fans who didn't like him. Now they're all they're all on this D. They they love him all all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I I'll give it to him. He he should get his props. He did a good job playing Anakin. Miss me with that hate. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're you're
1: not wrong
2: on any of your points you just made, Milton. Oh, yeah, and James Earl Jones is actually 91. Fact check himself. Um, yeah, he just turned 91. But um, anyways... Still kicking. Yeah, he, I mean, he's still kicking. We're going to get him in this series, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as you said, Milton with Kenobi, like, his character has been done so well from the get-go. Like, you know, like you said, he was the first mentor for everybody. You know, uh I feel like his conversation with Luke in A New Hope is so good about, you know, talking about the the past Jedi and everything. Like it just, like Alec Guinness really. I mean, I mean, he got nominated, so I mean, I guess, I guess he 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 uh, deserved it. But you know, he really just just killed it for that role and really left such a big impact. And that's what we're going to be getting in this series, presumably, um, with Ewan McGregor. And I can't wait to see as well it's a point I feel like a lot of people haven't really discussed too, too much is I can't wait to see now we're at a point we're getting a blend most likely of Ewan's Obi-Wan and Alex Obi-Wan in this series. And I'm very, very excited to see um, how they address that.
1: Yeah. Well, I I know, I know Ewan McGregor has been vocal about that. He's saying he's, he's glad that he's back one, because he loves the fans and he thinks this story's a great, it's a great story. He loved being with Hayden, but he talked about, that it's it's great that his Obi-Wan is now getting closer to Ewan McGregor, or excuse me, Alec mm-hmm. Guinness is Obi-Wan. And it's perfect casting. I mean, you got to give props to George Lucas. Ewan McGregor is perfect casting for yeah. this, without, without yeah. any question. I mean, I, I can't envision another m- actor playing this role anymore. I just can't.
0: For me he is Obi Wan. I didn't know him as anything as anybody else. Whenever Ewan McGregor shows up anything, like, Here yeah. there's Obi Wan. Yeah. He's more oh, Obi Wan oh, to God me God. than Sir Alec Guinness half the
2: time, maybe. Right, right. Well, I don't know <laughs> I don't know about you guys, like if you guys were watching the Super Bowl, what killed me was there's a commercial going around right now with Ewan McGregor doing the yes. voiceover and Soon as he started talking, I like jerked to the TV. I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this gonna be a Kenobi thing?" And it was like some advertisement. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh man!" But it was, but, it was like
1: for, for like a car, I think, or something. I yeah. saw the like commercial. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Man, almost got it." Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. I say I'm I'm excited for this. I I think that th- this show is gonna be very surprising. I think this show is gonna from episode one to episode six is gonna be really good. I'd be shocked. If, if this show is trash. It's, I think
0: what's also going to be good be about awesome. it... I think what's going to be also great about it is that it has one director. So yes. Deborah Chow's is going to be able to tell her vision all the way through it. Plus, the actor himself is an executive producer. Ewan McGregor is going to have say in like, what happens, right? Absolutely. The, the Absolutely. fact that this guy has already played this character had those like him in inside and out because obvious you know, he's he was been in his shoes many, many times. It's it's a great creative input when he's able to collaborate with the actual creators himself as being on the stage at the same time.
1: Yeah. And and, and we all know that Ewan McGregor is going to take care of this character. He he's going to say, Listen, that's not what Obi-Wan's going does. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't say this, he wouldn't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's not like it's not like Mando or even Boba Fett where like yeah, we know the characters, but they weren't like beloved like, like Obi-Wan and Darth Vader and, Han- and Anakin were. So, you know, they're going to be ultra sensitive about how they're going to write these characters and betray them. There's no way you're going to depower Obi-Wan in a sense of like he's getting wrecked every episode. There's no way. No way. No, no way. No way. You can't. You can't because Obi-Wan, Ben Kenobi wrecked Darth Ma- Maul in three moves. There's no mm-hmm. way you depower him no way yeah,
2: I no think, way i think i think we are for sure um, i think we're for sure going to be heading in a really really good direction with his character like um, yeah i i i just cannot wait to see his character like every time see this is the best part like we've talked about so many times this is the best part about star wars sitting here talking with your friends like speculating having fun with it and that's that's what's got me so hyped honestly about kenobi is talking with you guys talking with other people because it feels like the general sense, like, everybody's like, woo, we're on board right now. Let's let's get to it. Let's get to Kenobi and let's start, like, like kicking ass every week because it's going to be a great show, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to whenever we do our, our episode about what we're going to, I guess, our, our anticipation yeah. and predictions. Once we get the trailers, I tell you right yep. now, I guarantee you, Chris, you're going to be like, oh, we got to do a video on the trailer just by itself. Like, oh, I, already, yeah. I already know it's going to happen.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Two
1: hours for
2: a two-minute trailer.
0: (laughs) There we go. I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so Star Wars fans eat that stuff up, man. And the fact that we get it more and more is just such a blessing. But we have, believe it or not, just more stuff to talk about. And I could have spent even more time talking about these two topics, but I do want to get through the night here. So we have two different books that got announced the first one was fittingly enough at on valentine's day here and this is the princess and the scoundrel is a brand new novel from del rey and it's all about leia and han solo them getting married on endor right after return of the jedi and them having a honeymoon on the halcyon um so this is written by Beth Ravis. She also did Rebel Rising, the young adult novel about Jin Urso and Rogue One. Love that book. She's a great writer. But here I I mean, I really wanted to freaking love this book until I read a certain passage in this. And this did go around <laughs> from this did go around from quite a few different um, friends of mine over on Twitter um and in the middle of of, of explain it and i'm thinking in my head i'm like yes it's so great that we're getting a star wars story that's not you know a tie-in for a certain thing it's just going to be a story on its own somewhere in a timeline and then um well i'll read exactly verbatim from the article I'm just
2: watching i'm just watching milton's reaction so continue chris
0: After a ceremony at the site of the victory celebration at the end of the film, newlyweds depart for a honeymoon aboard the Halcyon Star Cruiser, the luxury vessel at the heart of the new Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser experience
2: at Disney World (laughs) Resort. What? Yep. So they're sending Han and Leia to our $5,000 hotel, Milton.
1: That's trash. Get out of here with that. No. No. Stop. No. I ain't reading this book. But it's like, dang it, they started
0: off so good because they're like, in the article, they're like paying homage to the other story that was in Legends called The Courtship of Princess Leia. Like, I think I actually have that book.
1: Yeah, I have. I think I have that on uh, audio.
0: Yeah, so I was like, oh, great, we're actually getting some cool, like, post-Return of the Jedi material involving some of the big three, then this. So I I hope that it's... Like a a very quick chapter where they're on this thing and then they're like, nah, okay, right. we did I'm that. No, you are gonna stay no, on the thing for not, for twenty use chapters. Do not trash
1: hotel to, to Don't try to promote that <laughs> trash in a book. Nope, I ain't. No, nah, I'm out. Ah, <laughs> no. we
0: seen it coming. We 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 seen this coming a while away. Because when when the guy sees, no, you're, not, you're edge, not
1: wrong. But like, I'm not reading it because like, yeah. no, because you're not gonna get me to like that garbage hotel that's super expensive for for. T- yeah, I ain't gonna get into it. You already know my well, feelings on it. Well,
2: but. Well, but Milton, you can go to the room where Han and Leia stayed to conceive Ben.
1: No, I'm good. I r- I'd rather do that. I rather do that at a Marriott, <laughs> so. or 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 a La Quinta. I go to a local La Quinta around here. I, I'm yeah. Uh, there
0: we but go. yeah, I mean, I don't know, man, because we got. Let's say it's uh, it's 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 March 8, or it's February 18th. This Galactic Star Cruiser is opening up in just about two weeks. And uh, I'm ready for further reviews. I'm actually like chopping at the bit to start seeing what the mass public has to say. That's not sensitized by Disney. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's the mass
1: public of rich people, dude. You ain't no... No, poor people can't go there. It's too... It's too <laughs> yeah, stop. I'm, I'm over it.
0: Oh, man. All right. Well, I think this one will excite you a little bit more. So over on the Star Wars show, which goes with a... Vi- they release a video every Thursday. They announced it Oh, something that, that pretty show cool. still exists? Actually, no, I was wrong. Actually, the Star Wars show is on a, a, a long-time um, hiatus this week okay. in Star Wars, I think, or this new this week in... Uh, whatever. Um, they announced that there's a new Star Wars timeline book coming out. Like, people have been wanting a book like this for freaking years. It's like, well, where does this take place? Where does this take place? Like, we want, like, a cool timeline of, like where certain movies are taking place in years and everything else. And in a few of the DK reference books for like The Force Awakens or like Rogue One, they do have like a, a very brief kind of timeline. But I hope that this timeline actually includes like the novels... In the comics, and everything like that, because, you know, that's what's so cool about Star Wars, and why I, I just dive so much into the canon on this channel is because it's great to see something like this where everything is connected. Um, something that, that really excited me about this specifically is it says, right on the front of the book, Star Wars Timelines, from the time before the High Republic to the fall of the First Order. It's like, wait, before the High Republic, because the High Republic is the earliest point in the Star Wars Timeline. Are we actually getting our first look at the at the Old Republic in this book? Because maybe they're going to start spreading some seeds. I think it could be a possibility. I mean, what else is before the High Republic? Ooh, the Old Republic eventually. Um, so that's the, that's the highlight that I got out of this announcement is, oh, I mean, this is supposed to be coming out in November of this year, so we're going to have to wait a long time. But by that time, hell, they, they might have announced an Old Republic trilogy by that point at Celebration. Who knows? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I thought when you sent us that um, article, it's great they're releasing this because to me, I'm a person anyways, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a person who likes these type of things, whether it be like timelines or maps of like, oh, hey, this is here, this is here, that's there. Like, I like this sort of stuff. And um, I actually can't wait to get this book.
1: Yeah, I think I'm interested in this because I do like, again, yeah. it's it's this is the nerd stuff, I think, with all of us. Just knowing the ins and outs. There's more information that we can learn about and then say to our friends, Oh, hey, by the way, did you know Blankety blank took place this time yep. during yep. this towards the movie? Like I yep. just I love being that person in my my little group that'd be like, Oh, I know all the Star Wars stuff. They, go to Milton and he knows what he's talking about <laughs> when it comes to Star Wars. Seriously, people know me in my circle and my family. Oh, Milton's a Star Wars guy. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So so there you have a Chock-full episode of news, of reviews, of discussions, of trailer breakdowns. We've pretty much covered most of our usual um, stuff in one two-hour episode. Uh, so thanks, guys, for joining me once again. Um, as always, you guys can join us live every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern here on YouTube. At the channel Star Raptor. If you're listening, or if you want to listen to us, search Outer Room Transmission and you'll find our new episodes of the podcast up around early morning every Monday with that episode following that Friday's stream. We also have t shirts and other shirts available at teespring.com. Just search Outer Room Transmission. I'm gonna throw it over to you guys. I know you don't really have much going on with the NFL these days, but uh, is there anything else you guys might be talking about on Twitter these days?
1: Um, I mean, I'll just talk about you know sports randomly tweets sports or like whatever with workouts whatnot but um not really going on nothing going on this weekend except for spending time with family i think well this weekend is president's day weekend so we have a three-day week from work which is really nice um so i'm just going to enjoy my family hang out go to the gym like i normally do and just relax
0: nothing wrong with that i did the same exact thing last monday literally just chilled and and watched the old Republic stuff and, and played that other star Wars board game I have. So a lot of fun to be had there. What about you, Ben?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much doing the same thing, just hanging out, working out, um, have the house to myself all weekend, which is nice. So I can just kind of relax, play some Xbox, watch some shows, order some, probably order some pizza tomorrow night, just some, uh, some little things. My diet's going pretty well. So that's good thing down another pound. Um, so yeah, just, just uh just the norm minus football being involved. So yeah, and you can find me at Real Ben Maynard on Twitter and Instagram and
1: don't forget to follow Milton at Milton Weber seven as well. Yep, there we go. Yeah. Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. We can just chat it up. Doesn't matter.
0: There you go. And as far as my channel, um, I only put out one video this week because I was trying to get this review underway for The Old Republic. But um, I do have my reaction to me watching the trailer. So you can see my shocked face when Malga shows up and all that kind of thing. So go ahead and check that out. And um, going forward, we have a couple comics. Or we have one comic, I should correct myself. We also have a High Republic um, manga coming out, The Edge of Bounds Volume 2. So you can look for my reviews next week and well if there's any breaking star wars stuff i might make a video about it as well so check me out on the channel subscribe if you're just ch- catching us for the first time thanks for everybody joining the chat we had shrug knuckles fist bump we had joshua f benella and we had chris Forsyth. you guys can always join us live every friday at 9 o'clock p.m eastern so for milton for ben for me chris aka star after Thanks everybody for joining us for outer room transmission number 46 and transmission.